and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Mona DeLacy. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Mona onto the show. So Mona, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Matt. It's really an honor to be on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. So can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yes. Um, okay, so my name is Mona Pretoria de Lacey. Um, I come from a sporting background of karate, uh, weightlifting and CrossFit. Um, I'm actually a six-time karate world champion, um, a Commonwealth Games medalist in weightlifting and a CrossFit Games athlete. Um, but with my sporting um, achievements, I'm also into sports psychology. Um, so I have an honors degree in sports psychology, and I also have an honors certificate in mindfulness training. Fantastic. So you're the absolute perfect person today to discuss the psychology behind uh, hitting PBs and uh, maximizing your weightlifting performance. Um, <laughs> so first things first, why is it then important to have a, a psychological backup or a psychological plan when you're going into to lift? So I believe um, having a psychological plan for Olympic weightlifting is so important. Um, it is such a, a mental game. Um, in order to lift or to get the best out of your, your lifts or to go for a PB, you have to be so mentally strong. Um, you have to believe in yourself. Um, you know, even when it just comes to goal setting for you to have a plan, um, when you go into weightlifting, you can't really think a lot. But you have to have that exact focus. Um, you have to be in the zone and you just have to be able to block out everything in order to get the best out of that lift. So when it comes to then uh, getting the best out of that lift, what are the key psychological principles uh, which then athletes and coaches uh, can use in order to make sure that they're optimally ready to lift at that point? Yes, so I actually have quite a few um, that I think is actually really important to actually just get the best out of the athlete. Um, and one of the first things, Matt, is, you know, confidence is so important with weightlifting. Um, so if you go for a new personal record, you have to believe 100% that you can do it. Like I said, weightlifting is such a mental game. If you have any doubt, um, it will show and you will see that, you know, when those athletes walk onto those platforms, they absolutely have all the confidence, all the belief that all the hard work they've done, um, you know, will pay off with that lift. Um, another thing is also some people might call the self-efficacy um, with the belief of their self and having that confidence. Um, it's just so important to be able to, you know, be there and be in the present and, you know, go for that weight and just have, you know, nothing come in your way. Um, and just, you know, it, it's just so important. And another thing that I think it's so important is, you know, to be able to visualize. So visualize, visualization, or even some people might call this mental imagery, um, is a very important part of a weightlifter's success. Because I believe in order to even go for a new personal base, you must be able to see yourself do that lift in your mind. Um, and visualization, mental imagery, you know, just like how you would train a muscle, you would train your brain. Um, so when it comes to your visualization, it's not something that you might be successful in, you know, on the get-go. 
So it's something that you have to kind of continually practice. You have to continually to try and get yourself into a mindset where you use all of your senses um, for it to actually have, you know, the best effect on your lifting. Um, so yeah, that that's another thing that's very important. Um, also, I would say self-talk. So when you go, in self-talk actually, it, it kind of ties in also with confidence because the way you speak to yourself is the way you're going to react. So if you speak to yourself and say, you're not going to be able to do this lift or you are negative um, about going for that lift, it again, it's going to show and you will probably not be able to lift that new personal base. Um, so it's just very important to be able to, you know, talk to yourself in a very positive way. Um, you know, all athletes have doubts, all athletes have fears, um, but it's very important to be able to know as soon as those negative thoughts comes into your mind to be able to replace it with something positive. Um, then another aspect that I think is so important is goal setting. So when you train, and this might not always just be for your for your personal record or your personal best, but just to go into training and sometimes you go in there with the focus of working on your technique. Um, or if you are a beginner athlete, you want to maybe say, I want to get in X amount of sessions uh, this week or this month. And all of those sessions and all of those smaller goals that you set at the end of the day, it accumulates in order for you to achieve the bigger goal. Um, and the bigger goal might be, you know, you uh, doing the sport for six months, you going for a certain competition or hitting, you know, a, a personal best even. Um, then another thing that's so important is, and with weightlifting, um, I've seen this so many times, is being able to cope with anxiety. Um, coping with pressure, coping with anxiety, um, you know, when you go and compete, you sometimes walk into an environment that is so different and you get some athletes, they actually call them gym lifters. So they will lift these amazing weights in the gym. But when it comes to the platform, that's when everything falls flat. Um, so that's when, you know, you as a coach or even as an athlete, these things come with experience. Um, so when you start to see, you know, I'm an athlete that needs my arousal levels to go up a bit more. So I need to be psyched up. Maybe I listen, need to listen to music. Maybe I need to talk to myself, um, you know, in a way to get myself psyched up and getting ready for that lift. Or you could be that athlete who actually needs to calm themselves down in order to get the best out of their lifting. So you need to make sure that, you know, if, if your arousal level is too low or if it's too high, either or, it's going to affect performance at the end of the day. So it's just so important to be able to cope with anxiety um, and just kind of know, you know, what works for you. And then there's one more thing that I think it's super important in order to be a successful weightlifter, um, and that is routine. And I know it's something that we will talk about later too, but routines is just so important because I believe that when it comes to routines, um, it's like having a training program, having structure. Um, if you have a routine, I believe even things like goal setting will be so much easier because you know what you are working for 
And these routines will help you become a better athlete. And a routine can be anything from a pre-training or a pre-competition routine, a during training, you know, or in-competition routine, and then obviously a post-training or post-competition routine. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the aspects that I think when it comes to sports psychology or mental skills that is very important in order to, you know, go for a new personal record or, you know, be a successful athlete. So when you've, you've got like four or five key topics there, um, when you put those all together, how much of a difference do you then think that makes when you've got all of those things in order, when that's all, uh, yeah, like an eight, nine or 10 out of 10, how much of a difference does that make to lifting? Like, is it, is it a 10% difference? Is it a 50% difference? Is it a 1% difference? How does that look? Well, I would definitely say if, if you are, an athlete that's been working really hard, like if your mental game isn't there, you will just not be able to make it. So I would personally say you can almost get, um, I mean, for me, honestly, the mental stuff is like 90% important. Um, so it's just, it's super important to be able to um, dial in all those mental skills and be able to train it just the way you would train your physical skills. Absolutely fantastic. And you've set us up, of course, really nicely to, um, for the next question to go on to look at how then, uh, coaches or athletes can develop that routine. So when it comes to developing that routine, what are the steps that people need to take to make sure that their routine is, is fully preparing them for that lift? Yeah. So Matt, this is something also that, you know, um, like mental skill, all your mental skills, you need to be able to train it. And it's something that's going to take time. So you're not going to wake up one day and have an elite athlete's routine, for example. Um, so even if you're a, begin a beginner athlete, um, or if you're a coach and you're wanting to help your athletes to get a routine, um, you know, you can kind of get ideas of what elite level athletes do, or your coach should have some sort of an idea of, you know, what what you should do before competitions or before training sessions um, in order to get the best out of your athlete on the day. Um, but it's something that should be so unique to you. Um, and like I said, it takes time. Um, it takes practice. You know, you need to kind of mold it to the person that you are in order for that routine to be, you know, the best that it can be and to get the best out of you as an athlete. And then when you're, when you're starting to develop that, right? Like obviously you start to develop that in training with, uh, with little things that you might change or adjust and it feels a little bit better. Um, how do you then change that from a training setting to a competition setting? How do you then make sure that you're, you're testing whether these, uh, these small routines or these little psychological boosts actually work? So I'm a big believer in, you know, the way you train is the way you react. So being able to practice all of these factors in your routine before training sessions should be exactly the same for your competition. Um, so I don't believe they should be any different when it comes to, you know, if you go to bed certain times, if you, you know, follow certain little like rituals or things, or if you go for like massages or, you know, um, any type of thing that you do before training that works for you, I believe that you shouldn't change anything before just before game day um, because I've seen so many athletes that you know they will not really take notice of their routines and then the week prior to their routine all of a sudden they sleep they want to sleep super early 
um, you know, they change their diets. Then sometimes, you know, it affects them on the day because their body isn't used to the way they are eating and it could be digestive issues. Um, You know, now all of a sudden they go to bed super early so they can't fall asleep until, you know, 1, 2 a.m. in the mornings. Their mind is overthinking things. Um, So it's just so important to kind of just stay in a routine as much as possible um, because that will also keep the athlete calm and give give them confidence going into their competition. So when when it then comes to looking at your routine, um, what are the things which you do before a competition to make sure that you're optimally prepared? Okay. <laughs> so I actually have a, like a really long routine I follow and like my routine, um, will actually start, you know, at, at least a week before competition, I start to dial things in. If, for example, I have to cut weight, um, for my competition or even need to gain weight, I make sure that, you know, months prior to my competitions, you know, I make sure these things are dialed in. Um, But some of the main things that I focus on, you know, like the week prior to competition, and this is something I always do, is I always make sure, you know, like my recovery should be on point. So I make sure that I prioritize recovery for that week um, leading into competition. Um, Like I said, I won't do anything different. So if I have you know, not gone for a massage the day before a heavy training session, I will not go and do a heavy massage um, or deep tissue massage before my competition day because it could negatively affect me. So I find that day that kind of works the best for me for my competition day and I kind of stick with it and I've stuck with it for like years in and years out. Um, Then the same thing with my eating. So one thing I also do is, especially if I travel overseas, And sometimes athletes will go and travel overseas for international competitions and their eating routines will totally change. And again, this affects the athlete um, on competition day and, you know, it could just have a negative impact on them. So it's very important to make sure, you know, like when you do travel to have the snacks that you have normally at home. So travel with it if you can. Um, Obviously, it won't you know, be possible to like have home cooked meals and stuff, but just kind of stick to your, your meal routine as much as you can before your competition to create familiarity with your, with your body. And then you leading into the competition. Um, and then I make sure, you know, I kind of go to sleep the same time. If, you know, before bed, I, I read or I watch a little bit of Netflix or something, you know, I, I don't change that. Um, weeks prior to my competition I and even the night before my competition I will follow like a similar routine Um, and the only thing that I will do different but I will do this every single time before competitions is I'm very strict with um, making sure that I've got structure and I've got a plan for my competition day so I will make sure that the night before my competition with my pre-competition routine I will make sure my training clothes are packed, my competition clothes are packed. If we need certain tracksuits for, you know, medal ceremonies or to walk on, like those things are very important. Um, I make sure that my playlist, because I love listening to music and it relaxes me, but it also psychs me up. So I make sure that I have my playlist ready for, you know, when I relax before my weigh-ins and then also for just prior to my competition. Um, I make sure that, you know, I have my snacks ready and that's kind of, you know, some of the things I do just before competition um, and like before weigh-in and then I make sure when it's the day of and after I've done my weigh-in I always have 
a Gatorade and a protein shake because I'm not a person who can eat a big meal. So I will rather have, you know, a little bit of carbs and protein, um, you know, and get myself ready with that and make sure that I get food into my system um, without feeling heavy and bloated because I know now it works for me. So I will stick with that routine. Um, I, I actually have a little a ritual and I was telling James about it too. And he said he actually never knew this about me. And it's so funny because so many athletes have little things that they do, which people are like, you know, I think Rafael Nadal has one way, like he turns his bottle a certain way. Um, but my routine is always on my little ritual is I have a specific bathroom toilet that I actually go into before my competition and I say a little prayer. So I'm a very religious person and I I just, you know, doesn't matter what, I will go into the same toilet, you know, before my competition every single time and that is my, like, good luck toilet, um, <laughs> if you can say so. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, saying it out loud to people, it sounds so weird, but it's just, like, my little thing to, you know, kind of get me get me focused and get me ready for my for my competition. Um, yeah, and, and when it's, you know, competition time, game time, like 45 minutes prior, I get myself ready, I listen to some music, I start my warm-up, I do the same warm-up that I would in training. Um, I've got all my warm-up weights written down. Um, so I do exactly the same thing as what I would on training. And I tell myself this is like a heavy training day. So I don't change routine much, um, just to create as much familiarity as I can on competition day. And I find that has worked the best for me. Absolutely fantastic. And then I'm, I'm really interested to hear from a psychological standpoint, um, what are you doing in the, the minutes before your lift to make sure that you're psychologically complete, completely prepared. Because if we look at your, your list from earlier about the goal setting, about the confidence, the self-talk, the imagery, um, what do you then use of those examples to make sure that you're absolutely ready to lift? So the first thing I do is I visualize. So even though it will just take me like 10 seconds, so I will walk onto the main platform I will get myself to the middle of the platform. I always close my eyes and I actually like see myself doing the lift. Um, if I have a day, and this actually happened to me at Commonwealth Games too, I got extremely nervous walking onto the platform and I could feel my heart. It felt like my heart was going to beat out of my chest. And I know that if I do breathing, um, just to like regulate my breathing, then I can get my heart rate down. And I actually did that before my lifts at Commonwealth Games. And it made such a huge difference. I didn't feel super anxious. I felt going into the bar, even with my heart rate, you know, pounding. Um, when I got to actually do my lift in that very moment, I felt confident and I felt ready. So I'm a big believer in, you know, like um, doing small meditations, visualization, and then breathing techniques to get me ready for that lift. Fantastic. So before we leave, I want to ask you the, the one most difficult question that we can imagine. And that is, what is the one thing that you see or do differently, which the rest of the world can learn from? I know that was such a, that was such a complicated question. Um, and I really had to think about it. And, you know, Matt, it's one of those things where I don't think it's anything I do differently. I do think it's something that I've learned over the years that has become so important. And, um, it's mental health is so important for athletes. And I know it's not really one of these kind of topics about, you know, confidence or visualization, but mental health per se 
um, if, if athletes and nowadays athletes can actually go and speak to sports psychologists and speak to their coaches about certain things that's going on. And I believe that in order to get the best out of your athlete, um, that athlete needs to deal with all areas in life in order to perform at the optimal level. Um, you know, you cannot put things aside. And if you as a coach see something is up with your athlete, I think it's very important to go and speak to them and then refer them to the person that is a professional in that field. I think that's excellent advice as well, right? Like if you're not taking care of the person as a whole, then uh, yeah, how are you going to make sure that they're lifting optimally or performing optimally at any given point when there's all the exactly. other stresses of life uh, getting on top of them? That's uh, that's some excellent advice. Exactly. <laughs> cool. So, Moira, massive thanks for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking, and uh, yeah, hopefully there's some uh, some listeners who've taken some really uh, really good lessons from this. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. It was a great podcast with you. Thank you very much. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Mona for all of her hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is a series of mini lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So of particular interest after today's podcast are probably the lectures on weightlifting and on goal setting. So if you're interested in either of those, you can get your hands on that for free using a seven-day free trial in the show notes so all you have to do in just a few seconds time is click that link get yourself in there for free and check out those lectures and of course if you have enjoyed today's podcast be sure also to hit the subscribe button that means that we can keep bringing you the best possible guests and of course that you won't miss next week's fantastic episode and that's it once again a massive thanks from me i'm matt solomon for science of sport and i'll speak to you next week